0: In the, who's in the mood to study the Bible this morning? Yeah? Now I'm going to take you on a bit of a journey and uh, I, I'm sure there's a few of you here that are quite inter- interested in this subject and uh, God revealed this to me many, many years ago and uh, I've preached not once before but many years ago, like I'm talking five years ago and uh, I want to go through it again today and, and bring some clarity to it. Now I'll just put it up there. It's called Apocalyptic Parallels, and we're going to turn to Revelation 10, verse 11, just as we move there. Lord, I just pray your spirit is with us now, that your spirit will guide me uh, as I take this wonderful congregation through the scriptures, that you'll give me uh, insight and understanding, and that you'll help every single person here to discern very accurately uh, what is being preached, because I believe it's... It, this is a very critical doctrine that we, we must see clearly so that we can um, adjust the way that we live our life as, you're, uh, as you are preparing to return um, from heaven to earth. So we need to know this stuff to live out our Christian faith a lot stronger in you. And I pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Give me your words now. Amen. So Revelation ten eleven, and it says this. Then I was told, you must prophesy again about many peoples, nations, languages, and kings. You must prophesy again. What does that mean? Another time, doesn't it? You've already prophesied. Now I'm going to get you to prophesy again. This is important stuff. It's a very critical moment. And the reason why it's, it's so important, it's just as the seventh trumpet is about to sound, He gets told, by the way, you're going to prophesy again. You're going to see the end of this vision, the seventh trumpet, and then you're going to prophesy a whole new prophecy. Now that is a critical statement in... Is that loud out there? For um, eschatologists to understand. Because when we do understand it, we understand how Hebraic prophecy is delivered from God to his people. Let's have a look. The key to understanding the apocalyptic part of Revelation is our text, Revelation 10:11, And he said unto me, this is the King James, thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. The Amplified says this. Then they said to me, you are to make a fresh, fresh prophecy concerning many peoples and races and nations and languages and kings. A fresh one, a new one, a completely new one. I'm I'm sure a few of you understand where I'm going with this, but if you don't, stay with me. Now, this is important because throughout the Old Testament, there's certain prophecies that were given, and this very pattern occurred. And I'm going to show you. Pharaoh's dream. Who remembers Pharaoh's dream? When Joseph had to interpret the dream. Let's go to Genesis 41. So slip back to Genesis 41.15 everyone there and it says this pharaoh said to joseph i had a dream and no one can interpret it but i have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream you can interpret it i cannot do it joseph replied to pharaoh but god will give pharaoh the answer he desires then pharaoh said to joseph in my dream i was standing on the bank of the nile went out of the river, there came up seven cows, fat and sleek, and they they grazed among the reeds. After them, seven other cows came up, scrawny and very ugly and lean. I had never seen such ugly cows in all the land of Egypt. The lean, ugly cows ate up the seven fat cows that came up first. But even after they ate them, no one could tell that they had done so, so they looked just as ugly as before, and then I woke up. In my dreams I also saw seven heads of corn, full and good, growing on a single stalk. After them seven other heads sprouted, withered and thin and scorched by the east wind. The thin heads of corn swallowed up the seven good heads. I told this to the magicians, but none could explain it to me. And then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one and the same. He had two dreams. One was a fresh prophecy of a future time. One was... One way of looking at it, one was another way of looking at it. Um, The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good heads of corn are seven years. It is one and the same dream. Then seven lean, ugly cows that came up after they did are seven years, and so are the seven worthless heads of corn scorched by the east wind. They are seven years of famine. It is just as I said to Pharaoh, God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Seven years of great abundance are coming through the land of Egypt, but seven years of famine because there's seven years of good, seven years of bad. But he didn't go and say, but then you're going to have another seven years of good and then another seven years of bad because there was two dreams. Do you understand what I'm getting at? It's just one and the same thing. Now, the reason the dream, I'm going to go down to verse 32. The reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms, this is very, very important, is that the matter has been firmly decided by God Firmly decided by God, and he will do it soon. It's firmly decided, it's established. Cannot be changed even with repentance. Now there's things in the book of Revelation that not only is it done twice, I believe it's done three times, to emphasize nothing's going to change, this time is going to happen no matter what. No matter what. So keep that in mind as we continue to look into this that to understand hebraic prophecy we must interpret it from a standpoint of how god reveals dreams if god repeats a dream in a different form it means it means it has been firmly decided by god and god will do it soon now four great kingdoms if there are seven seals seven seals seven trumpets and seven vials and they were all independent judgments, that means that there will be 21 judgments enacted by God on the planet. 21. Who would lose count? You'd be going, I think that's the 15th, that could be the 18th, what is it? You know, where are we on the whole scale? So if they're all independently separate, which is what most eschatologists teach, seriously, they all teach this. And I don't know how they haven't seen this, because to me it's it's clear as day. It jumped off the page to me, you know, many, many, many years ago. If they're all independent, that means that we, we're gonna, you know, we're in for a pretty rocky ride for a long, long time. There's twenty-one different judgments. However, that is not how God works from a prophetic standpoint. He just doesn't do it that way. That's not what he means when he repeats a, a vision when he when he said you must prophesy again a fresh prophecy that's telling us exactly that he's doing it the way he's always done it in the scriptures in the past if he only says the prophecy once that means you can repent who knows Nineveh is an example of that Jonah went in the Nineveh he had a prophecy repent in 40 days or else in 40 days you know this is going to happen they repented what happened but if he came in and said in 40 days it's you know and he gets two different dreams that give him the prophecy from two different angles it would have happened there wouldn't have been any ability for the ninevites to repent of what god was about to bring upon them. daniel 2 relates four great kingdoms we don't have to go there but you know the one the head of gold then there's the body of silver the body and arms and then there was the torso of bronze and then there was iron which were the legs and then there was the iron and clay in the feet, wasn't there? There was also in, I think I didn't write down which era, Daniel 7, I think it was, about four beasts, also relates to the same four great kingdoms the lion, the bear, the leopard, and the mutant beast with ten horns and iron teeth. Are they two different prophecies? Are there eight kingdoms? Were those dreams that were given in two different forms, are they eight kingdoms? Or are they talking about the same four kingdoms? Yeah, same four kingdoms. That's how God reveals things. Now, I want to talk now about, I want to I try to move through this quick because I've got a little bit of stuff to do, a little bit of scripture to get through. The last trumpet. Scripture says about the last trumpet in 1 Corinthians 15:51 to 52. Now, before I start telling you about this, I've heard uh, certain people speak about the last trumpet and they're pre-tribulationists and what they'll say is, oh, by the way, the last trumpet is not the seventh trumpet. That's not the same trumpet. And I'm going, well, which trumpet is it? So I look through scripture. There is no other last trumpet. There is no other seventh, uh, a trumpet that signals the end. right? If you read what it tells us in 1 Corinthians 50, 15, 51 to 52 about the last trumpet, and then another scripture that I've got here, you'll realize that it says the same thing as what it says in Revelation 11 about the last trumpet or the seventh trumpet. It's exactly the same ending that this one this scripture relates to 1 corinthians 15 51 to 52 this is in the amplified says take notice i tell you a mystery a secret truth an event decreed by the hidden purpose or counsel of god we shall not all fall asleep in death but we shall be changed so not everyone's going to die before the coming of the lord we shall be all changed transformed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the sound of the last trumpet call for a trumpet will sound and the dead in christ will be raised imperishable free and immune from decay and we shall all be trained changed and transformed what that's saying is at the moment of the last trumpet jesus returning we're going to be changed in our imperishable bodies at that very moment he's coming to collect his bride now a pre-tribulationist will say well that trumpet is sounded before the tribulation but I beg to differ because I don't know of any trumpet, trumpet being sounded before the tribulation. Does it? Can anyone tell me of a trumpet that is a last trumpet sounded before the tribulation? Because we all know the seventh trumpet is sounded during the tribulation or at the end of the tribulation in my opinion. I'm going to show you why I believe that. Does anyone know of another trumpet in scripture? No? No, there is no other trumpet. I've, I've checked it out. There is no other trumpet. There's angels that speak and they have the voice that sounds like a trumpet, but they're not actually blowing trumpets. You know what I mean? So if we go to Revelation 10.7, it says, but that when the days come, when the trumpet call of the seventh angel is about to be sounded, then God's mystery, his secret design, his hidden purpose, as he had announced the glad tidings of his servants to the prophets, should be fulfilled. What's fulfilled? Completed? Accomplished? Completed? Finished? Over? Done? Or does it mean something else? Does it mean it's fulfilled? Hang on, there's seven vials of God's wrath to come yet? Doesn't mean that. I just to me it's obvious it's completed, accomplished, fulfilled, over, done. Jesus has come, it says, Jesus come, he's collected, his, he raised the dead, there was the resurrection of the dead, imperishable bodies, he's come, he's f- going to fight the battle of Armageddon, completed, everything done, it's done right at that moment. The last trumpet of 1 Corinthians 15.51 is the same as the seventh trumpet which is about to be sounded in Revelation 11. If that is the case, then we should hear announcements in Revelation 11 which declare that it is finished and that the time has come for judgment. So get your Bibles open. Oh, no, you don't have to, because I've done it from the King James Version. I've stuck it in there. I'm doing it from the King James Version because some people get online and say, you're not preaching from the King James, I'm not listening to you. It says it's the Revelation 11, 15 to 17. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, this is, now, guys, get this picture. Six trumpets have been blowed, and then it says he blew the angel sounded the seventh trumpet so that's seven judgments have been enacted on earth and this is what the word of god tells us that it's they say this in heaven the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our lord and of his christ so he when that what that means is he now reigns on earth they've become his no longer under Satan's rule. He's overthrown Satan. He's like, you're out of government, Buster. I'm in government now. You know, it's like a presidential election, and he's won the votes, he's taken his seat. And he only needed one vote, the father, (laughs) and he's in. So the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats, they fell upon their faces, they worshipped God, saying, We give thanks to you, O Lord God Almighty, which art and was and art to come, because thou hast taken thee thy great power and has reigned, or in other versions, has begun to reign. It's then he's beginning to reign. Oh, but hold on. He begins to reign, but now he descends back up to heaven and he pours out seven more vials of God's wrath. Is that what that means? He's taken his stand. He's taken his stand. He rules at that moment. Hang on, there's more to that scripture. So we can get the picture more fully. 11, 18 to 19, it says, And the nations were angry, and thy wrath has come. The time of the dead that they should be judged, that should be given reward unto thy servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and them that fear thy name. So judgment has come. This is all at the seventh trumpet. This is all at the seventh trumpet. It's not the seventh vial of God's wrath, which they try to tell you that the trumpets and, and is different from the wrath. It's two separate things because they don't understand Hebraic prophecy. They don't understand how God delivers prophecy that he's established that cannot be changed. So that the, listen to this. though wrath has come. The time and the time of the dead that they should be judged. So the, ju- the judgment is beginning then then as well and that thou should give reward unto thy servants so he's going to reward us and to the saints and them that fear thy name small and great and should destroy them which destroy the earth and the temple of god was opened in heaven and there was seen in this temple the ark of his testament and there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and earthquake and great hail remember that at the seventh trumpet there was lightnings voices thunderings earthquakes and great hail Let's go to see what it says at the end of the vials of God's wrath. When this was the seven bowls of God's wrath or vials of God's wrath, Revelation 16, 17, 18, and the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying it is done and there were voices and thunders and lightnings and there was a great earthquake such as was not since men were upon the earth so mighty as the quake. So it's giving us another description of the earthquake that took place at the seventh trumpet. And it also says, And a great city was divided into three parts. The cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give them their cup. Uh, of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath and every island fled away and the mountains were not found and there fell upon men a great hail because remember it said that hail came out of heaven in the seventh trumpet, did I say that? Or did the scripture say that? There was earthquakes, a great earthquake, hail um, and there fell upon men great hail out of heaven every stone because the remember the bride had been taken up and so they, he hailed down on those that were still there uh, and there fell upon men great hail out of heaven every stone about the weight of a talent and men blaspheme God because of the plague of the hail. So that's at the seventh bowl of God's wrath. So they're still blaspheming God, and that's the end, right? Now, if what I'm saying is true, if what I'm saying is true, that I believe the seventh trumpet and the seventh bowl of God's wrath is the exact same description of the same event, then we should expect to find very similar things on the sixth bowl and the sixth trumpet and the fifth bowl and the fifth trumpet and so on down the line. Would you not expect that? Would you get a a description there and then a similar description here which elaborates and if you put them together one on top of the other, you get a fuller picture? Would you not expect that? Okay, Let's go and see how we go. Now we're going to open the Bibles to do this. The sixth trumpet is in Revelation 9.13, so turn there. I thought I'd do a teaching sermon today, so I hope you don't mind. I'm not calling you all to repent right now. I want to. (laughs) It's in me. It's stirring. Don't worry, I'll be doing that soon. Uh, Revelation 9.13, and it says this, The sixth angel blew his trumpet, and I heard a voice coming from the horns of the golden altar that is before God, It said to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. Underline Euphrates. If you want to underline your Bible, underline Euphrates. And the four angels who had been kept ready for this hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. The number of mountain troops was 200 million. I heard their number. The horses and riders... uh, I saw in my vision look like this. Their breastplates were fiery red, dark blue, and yellow as sulfur. The heads of the horses resembled the heads of lions, and out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and sulfur. A third mankind was killed by the three plagues of fire, smoke, and sulfur that came out of their mouths. The power of the horses was in their mouths and in their tails. So it's talking about what this army was like that came out of which river? Euphrates. Okay, let's turn now to the sixth bowl in revelation 16 verse 12 and it says this the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river what's it say that doesn't say the nile does it no it's the euphrates okay now that's interesting straight away okay they're both pouring out in the river euphrates so and its water was dried up to prepare the way for the kings of the east Isn't that where the mounted troops come from, the 200 million? They believe. Then I saw three evil spirits and looked like frogs that came out of the mouth of the dragon. Now it's talking about the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet and how they saw these um, terrible evil spirits that came out of them. Uh, They are spirits of demons performing miraculous signs and they go out to the kings of the whole world to gather them for the battle of the great day of God Almighty. And then there's a scripture here and it says, Behold, I come like a thief and blessed is he who stays awake and keeps his clothes with him so that, that he may not go naked and shamefully exposed. So straight away we hear Jesus still hasn't returned yet. It's the sixth bowl of God's wrath and Jesus still hasn't come because he says, I haven't come yet. If he had come, he wouldn't be saying, I come like a thief. He had, if he had come pre the, the tribulation, he wouldn't say, I come like a thief, would he? Unless there's a secret rapture. The interesting thing about the secret rapture, it's so top secret, you can't find it in Scripture. It is a heavily kept secret. I think the elite use that secret. You know, we're going to rapture you. You know? The only rapture I believe that the church is going to go through is getting out of the cities during that time. That's, you know, get out of there. Run. Don't look back. You'll turn into a pillar of salt. Just get out. Okay, so is that interesting? Is it interesting or is it not? Euphrates? So if that's the case, then the fifth trumpet should also have a parallel. Let's have a look at Revelation 9. 9 verses 1 to 12. I might not have to read it all. The fifth angel sounded his trumpet and I saw a star that had fallen from the sky to the earth. The the star was given the key to the shaft of the abyss, and when he opened the abyss, smoke rose from it like the smoke of a gigantic furnace, and the sun and the sky were darkened by the smoke from the abyss, and out of the smoke locusts came down upon the earth, and they were given power like that of scorpions of the earth. And so out came these locusts, and they were given power to sting people, they were told not to harm the grass of the earth or a plant or a tree, but only those people who did not have the seal of God. Do we have the seal of God? Yeah, of course we do. We're sealed by the Holy Spirit. Read it in the Re- book of Ephesians. They they were not given power to kill them, but only to torture them for five months. And the agony they suffered was like that of a sting of a scorpion when it strikes a man. So this this is what this whole plague is about. People, mankind getting stung, and they're in agony, major agony. So all mankind are writhing in agony because their bodies have become like fire from the stings of these scorpion-like creatures. And... I won't read any more. Let's go and have a look at the fifth bowl in Revelation 16.10. The fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast and the kingdom was plunged in the darkness. Men gnawed their tongues in agony. Did you read that? Men gnawed their tongues in agony and cursed the God of heaven because their pains and their sores, but they refused to repent of what they had done. So what it, that's only giving us a very brief description in in uh, the sixth uh, sorry the fifth angel pouring out the bowl. It's a very short passage, but if you put them together with the fifth trumpet, what do you get? You get a picture of why they gnawed their tongues, why they're in agony, because they've been bitten by these scorpions that were released from the abyss. Who sees that? Yeah, it, I think it's obvious. I always said. Understanding scripture is not rocket science. You know, you don't have to be a theologian and have been reading and studying this thing for 20 years to be able to understand it. It's simple. It's simple. God made it simple. In the book of Revelation, what does it mean? To reveal. <laughs> it's not to be hidden. It's to be revealed. Now, fourth trumpet. Let's have a look here. Revelation 8.12. And the fourth angel sounded his trumpet, and a third of the sun... Was struck, and a third of the moon, and a third of the stars, and a third of them turned dark. A third of the day was without light, and also a third of the night. And then there was this eagle that was flying in midair, calling out, "Woe, woe, woe," to the inhabitants of the earth. So, it's it's a cosmic event. It's heavenly bodies being struck. Now let's, and so it's not a long scripture. There's not a lot to that. So let's see what else is written about it in the fourth bowl, Revelation 16. 8 to 9, now it says, and this is still another short scripture, but it says the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun. So heavenly bodies again. So the first one tells us in in the trumpets that it's the sun, the moon, and the stars that had this, uh, this thing occurred in. Now we're hearing in the fourth bowl that it's talking a little bit more about what happened to the sun. So 16, 8 to 9, the fourth angel poured his bowl on the sun and the sun was given power to scorch people with fire. So now, because of this curse that had come on the heavenly bodies, people are getting scorched with fire. They were seared by the intense heat and cursed the name of God who had control of these plagues, but they refused to repent and glorify him. Okay, so if that's the case, so now we have you know, the sixth bowl and the sixth trumpet talks about Euphrates, the river, and what occurred in that situation. The fifth one talks about these scorpion stings in both. The fourth one talked about the sun, the moon, and the stars, heavenly bodies being impacted. A lot of parallels, I believe. Third trumpet, Revelation 8, 10 to 11. And it says this. The third angel sounded his trumpet, and a great star, blazing like a torch, fell from the sky... On a third of the rivers and the springs of water, the name of the star was Wormwood. A third of the waters turned bitter and many people died from the waters that had become bitter. So what is it talking about? The waters. It's talking about fresh water supplies, a third of them. So it gives us the, how many rivers were affected. Now let's go to Revelation 16, 4-7. And it says this, if everyone's there. It's easy, you just go between 8 and 16, 8 and 16. Um, Revelation 16, 4 to 7, and it says, The third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and springs of water. Okay, it's the same. And they became blood. Why did they become blood? Because of this wormwood star, whatever, fell into the waters. They became blood, undrinkable. And if you drank it, you'd die. So, hang on, let's read it again. Third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and springs of water and they became blood. Then I heard the angel in charge of the water say, You are just in your judgments, you who are and who were the Holy One, because you have so judged, for they have shed the blood of your saints and prophets. So that's because of the, that's a judgment against hum- humanity because they had shed the blood of the people that believe in Jesus. Us. All right, hopefully not you personally. All right, second trumpet. Um now this is an interesting text because I'm going to have to elaborate a little bit further in a moment. But it's Revelation 8. So let's go to Revelation 8 verses 8 to 9. And it says the second angel sounded his trumpet and something like a huge mountain all ablaze was thrown into the sea. So now it's the sea. A third of the sea turned in the blood, a third of the living creatures in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. Now, all I want you to see at this stage, and then I'm going to elaborate a bit further about this, because there's discrepancies about the amount. One says, that one said then, um, that a third of the living creatures in the sea died. All right? If we go to... Revelation 16.3 says the second angel poured out his bowl on the sea. So again it's in the sea. And it turned into blood. But we know from the from the trumpets thing that it's a third of the sea turned to blood. And it turned into blood. Every living thing in the sea died. Every living thing. Left out a few critical words or at least one critical word. And I'm going to explain that in just a moment. So just hold on to your hats if you no one's wearing hats hold on to something now first trumpet Revelation 8-7 go back to 8-7 so that was interesting wasn't it the third trumpet third bowl was on the rivers the freshwater rivers the second one was on the sea now this one is the one that is the most um, it doesn't say anything significant that's the same But if you read it through, you get a clearer picture of the whole event. And that's why I've gone backwards through them. Because I didn't want to start with the first one because people say, "Uh Aha, they're not saying anything the same. But I'm going to show you. The seventh trumpet and the seventh bowl of God's wrath both declare the coming of Jesus. It's ended. It's finished. Time over. Out. Finished. Over and done with. The sixth one talks about, and I have to just go back on that because I have to get my memory back, Euphrates. Then there's the scorpion stings in the fifth. Then there's the heavenly bodies in the fourth. Then there's the third is this is the star wormwood or the rivers being affected and turning in the blood. The second is the sea and a third of the sea being turned in the blood, but they're both affecting the sea. Now the first trumpet, Revelation 8, 7, let's have a look at that. And the first angel sounded his trumpet and there came hail and fire mixed with blood, and it was hurled down upon the earth. A third of the earth was burned up, a third of the trees was burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. Now, I had a revelation last night. I want you to get the words here. The first angel sounded his trumpet, and there came hail and fire mixed with blood. So what that's telling us is what was poured out. Hell fire mixed with blood was poured out. So I believe the way it works is in heaven, there's an angel and he goes, and then there's another angel who grabs his big bowl and goes, and then there's the second one, and a second bowl, you know what I mean? And it goes on like that. So this first trumpet tells us what's in the vial, what's in the bowl. It says the first angel sounded trumpet, and there came from heaven hail, fire mixed with blood, and it was hurled down on the earth. A third of the earth was burned up, a third of the trees was burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. Now let's go to Revelation sixteen. And Revelation sixteen two. And it says this. It just adds to that. If you already understand that, you just get this picture now. The first angel went and poured out his bowl on the land. So that's where the other bowl was poured, wasn't it? Because it burned up the grass and all these things. You know, Burned up the land and ugly and painful sores broke out on the people who had the mark of the beast and worshipped his image. And if you think about it, if you're standing there and hail and fire mixed with blood was poured on you, there's a good chance you're going to break out with boils because there's probably something in that that is not really good for you because God's doing it to destroy the earth and to judge and bring these people to repentance. So that's the way I see the first trumpet and the first bowl. And I think I've got plenty of justification to see it this way. Who who believes that? You don't have to agree with me right now, but I'm questioning you. Do you believe that? Now, the second trumpet bowl is the discrepancy. People go, aha, gotcha. Every living creature... Only a third of the creature's here. So I've thought, surely that can't, everything else is paralleled and that one thing is not paralleled. And I'm thinking, it's got to be paralleled. So I go to my son, John. He's a, he's a bit of a Greek expert. I said, what's going on here, John? What's going on? Let's have a look. And he says, Dad, he discovered it. It's clear to see the similarities that this judgment was poured out on the sea. Everyone sees that? They're both on the sea. However, people will say one says a third of the creatures of the sea died and the other says all living creatures died. To understand this text and its comparison, we need to look at the literal translation of the Bible, which reveals that a key word is left out of Revelations 8, 8 8-9 in most translations. And it's the word psyche, which is a Greek word for soul. How do you say it? Cool. No, psyche. See here? See here? I should have asked Fina she could hear me. So, hear that? See here. <laughs> okay. See here. Don't correct me. <laughs> All right. Revelation 8, 8 to 9. And this is the literal translation. And the second angel sounded, and as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea. A third part of the sea became blood, and the third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had souls. Third part of the creatures in the sea who had souls. Right? Souls in the Greek means breath, have breath, oxygen breathing not breathing through gills, and right? Un- did not need gills. So you'll still be able to fish, fish, fish after this time. It's the creatures that have souls in the sense of a breath of life from the oxygen of the air. Dolphins, turtles, whales, um, seals, any creature that lives in the sea and requires the sea you know who hates seeing dolphins getting killed yeah but you know the the dolphin things and i don't like any animals getting killed but the, these creatures are going to be no more we will not see whales or dolphins or anything at that time right it's going to be a, a sad time and the third part of the ships were destroyed Now in Revelation 16.3, literally it says, and the second angel brought out his vial upon the sea and it became as the blood of dead men and every living soul, psyche, air-breathing creature of the sea died. Paralleled, right? John solved that dilemma for me. I didn't know how to solve it. He solved it. He went and looked into it and found it for me. So that's powerful because that means every book uh, every, every trumpet and every, every uh, bowl of God's wrath can be paralleled completely and totally without a hitch. So, the word for soul in both of these Greek words is psyche, which means, I know I'm saying it wrong, Vena, and the vital breath, the breath of life. I believe they're talking of whales, dolphins, seals, etc., and those who breathe air and do not have gills, yet live in and around the sea. Both of these scriptures speak of creatures in the sea with souls being wiped out completely. Because it's coming, must be something that's airborne, that's killing them. Uh, something toxic in the air around the top of the sea. If it's so, it could be a chemtrail. I think this is beyond chemtrails. This is this is God. God's told us two thousand years ago He's going to do it. I don't think Satan is going to implement the seven trumpets and the seven bowls of God's wrath because it says it comes from heaven, begins with God. And it's his judgment on the earth. Now, any of you animal lovers out there that love dolphins and seals and all that, know that God takes them to be with him. They'll be in heaven with him. It's a judgment that for some reason has to be allowed to happen. Don't ask me why. I don't know. If I had my way, the seals and the dolphins would be left, you know, unaffected. All right. So I hope I've, I've got more to go. Every living soul and died in the sea, which is the same thing. Okay, so that's it. Now, I'm just going to read something. Do you know this next screen? I started the Revelation series months months ago, and this, these screens have always been there. And I thought it might be a good way to end this sermon. Um, and there's a radio host called J. Vernon McGee, and he wrote this, and I find it's pretty good. In Genesis, the earth was created. In Revelation... The earth passes away. In Genesis was Satan's first rebellion. In Revelation is Satan's last rebellion. In Genesis the sun, the moon and the stars were for earth's government. In Revelation these same heavenly bodies are for earth's judgment. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? In Genesis the sun was to govern the day. In Revelation there is no need of a sun. In Genesis darkness was called night. In Revelation there is no night there at all. In Genesis, the waters were called seas. In Revelation, there is no more sea. We won't have sea any longer. In Genesis was the entrance of sin. In Revelation is the exodus of sin. In Genesis, the curse was pronounced. In Revelation, the curse is removed. In Genesis, death entered. In Revelation, there is no more death. In Genesis was the beginning of sorrow and suffering. In Revelation, there will be no more sorrow and no more tears. In Genesis was the marriage of the first Adam. In Revelation is the marriage of the last Adam. In Genesis we saw man's city Babylon being built. In Revelation we see man's city Babylon destroyed and God's city, the new Jerusalem, brought into view. In Genesis Satan's doom was pronounced. In Revelation Satan's doom is executed. Powerful. I think that gets it all in the perspective. We see the beginning and the end in one book. We have all the answers it's an open book test, so we really shouldn't get it wrong, should we? All right. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just thank you. that uh, I, I thank you that you helped me to preach this sermon today, and I pray that it's been really good food for thought for everyone here and that through it, it can help them to maybe uh, recalibrate their um, uh, their faith in some ways in relation to certain doctrines they may have understood differently, and uh, this could radically change some of those ways of thinking so i ask you lord just to help everyone to um just to chew over this and to um be a brand about it lord and go home and search the scriptures diligently um and so that they won't uh you know uh, accept accept what i taught today blindly um but they'll just receive it with um an open heart but go and look deeper into it lord so Lord, I just thank you for these wonderful people and ask that you be with us now as we have some fellowship time together, that you bless this time and may it uh, be a wonderful time of fellowship together and, and Lord, I just pray that you would uh, cover all these people, these beautiful people in the precious blood of Jesus all week, look after them, bless their week, help them through any trials and hardships that they're going through so that you can um, get them through and bring them out the other end And uh, thank you for the blessings that we've already received in our life, Lord. These wonderful things that you do for us daily. Help us to be thankful and a people that acknowledges just what you do for us. And give us a spirit of joy as we pursue our life uh, in you. And I pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen.